0: yeah hello and welcome (laughs) to the basketball addicts podcast the one podcast in the world that answers the question that everybody want to know and i'm gonna change it up this time because we're talking about the nba draft how you gonna hear from Uh outside the nba draft when you can't even get in i know it's kind of mean but i still gotta stay to our original brand and (laughs) you know i'm sorry for those who are undrafted i hope you make it but that's just us i'm sorry best of luck best of luck to you. g league is nice yep Overseas is also nicer. Hey,
1: <laughs> you still making more money than we'll ever make in our lives, so congratulations. Thanks.
0: I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's not no hate. It's not no shade. It's just it's us. If you listen to us, yeah. you know what it is. I'm sorry. I hope you don't feel offended. It's just us. Mm. Best of luck to you. Anyway, so how are you gonna Period. hit from outside of the draft? I mean, the, not the draft. How are you gonna hit from outside of the NBA when you can't even get in? <laughs> Anyway, so today we're going to have a quick episode just talking about some of the Five winners and the five losers of the NBA draft. We don't want to go through all mm-hmm. fifty eight. That's going to take a long time. You guys don't want to really want to hear that, you know. If you do, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, listen, tell us. Well, maybe we'll make an episode about that. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. Right now, we're just going to do a five winners, five losers. Keep it real short and simple. Who we think won the NBA draft and who we think yes. are just suck at their job and need to fire the whole entire front office. Sacramento <laughs> Kings, um, <laughs> Utah Jazz. Um, I don't want to say any names. Cough, cough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh dan gilbert uh-huh. give up your job anyway Thanks. um <laughs> wait is it is it david Gri- david griffin there it is david griffin yeah david, david griffin david griffin yeah anyway <laughs> this is like where jason Lake kind of shuts me up and takes off so here you go five winners, <laughs> five losers take it away jay <laughs>
1: All right, the number one winner in the draft, you know, some people absolutely killed the draft. There's three teams that just did a magnificent job. The number one team is the Oklahoma City Thunder because now you can see the puzzle pieces going together. Um, so what they did in the draft is Chet Holmgren another two pick. Now I would have drafted Jabari Smith Jr., but you know he was the fourth guy. My big boy, I can understand it. Um, it wasn't a terrible draft pick, but what they did was really well. They traded three for first first round draft picks for Osmond Dang at the number eleven. Now when you're the Thunder and you are, are stackpiling picks like it's, you know, preparing for D Day, you know, you can live with overpaying for the eleventh pick when you have a gazillion picks. That's what having all those picks is for, going for a guy that you like. Mm-hmm. Um and at number 12, they got a guy I like a lot. They got both Jalen Williams's, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, they got a guy at number 12 that I love a lot, two guard from Santa Clara. It's number 10, big guy on big board. And number 34, they got the other Jalen Williams, six foot 10, power forward slash center um, from Alabama. And he is really, really good. Really, really, really good. I really liked him a lot, switchable and all those type of things. And the reason why I have 100%, and the reason why I love their draft is. You can see where they're going as a team, and it's the thing that we've talked about in the offseason. You remember when we talked about the Golden State Warriors, and we were like, man, the thing that nobody else, for some reason nobody really noticed about the Warriors that made them great was passing. Mm-hmm. They are great passers. Look at the Spurs. Man, they really passed the basketball. That ball This around. team, yes, this team is special moving forward. Shea Gillis-Alexander. Let's just go position by position. Point guard. one the guy's a 25 point per game score you got a star there um He's a good passer. Six to seven assists per game guy. Like, he's a really good passer. Mm-hmm. At the two-guard now, you have Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. <clears throat> now, if you didn't watch my NBA draft stuff, you would have heard me to compare him to James Harden passing-wise. Me saying he was by and far away the best passer at the two-guard position by a gazillion miles. and Had the highest basketball IQ or like high scoring IQ and really understands the game. All right, so those two paired together is great passing. They drafted Josh Giddy last year for the, He's a point forward, you know, rotational guard that is a great passer, right? He's like really, really gifted passing the basketball, mm-hmm. you know, six foot eight. Jalen Williams is six five, you know, and then they get Osmond Dang, which most people may not understand, but the reason why I like that fit is he's a good passer. He's a point forward type, a perimeter shot creator passer. And then you have Chet, who's a good passer at the center position, and I'm looking at that team, and I'm like, wow. You just made one Jalen Williams off the bench is a good passer as well, but he's a good defender, good rim runner, good backup power forward slash center. He's going to be really good for them defensively, but the reason why I'm like really, really liking it, one, Osmond Dink 6'9", so he can be your power forward in the future. And... These guys are going to fit so well passing the basketball together. This is a gifted passing team, yeah. and I, I've i talked about it before. W- greatness is usually brought out of having extreme strengths of your basketball team. Look at the Warriors. We have an extreme strength. We have the best perimeter shot grade, best shooting backcourt of all time. Right? Those two separate may not be as great as those two together because of the the way they distress the defense look at the oh, look at the boston celtics they got two wing death guys over there that guard everybody and two primer iso guys and go get you a bucket that's a strength of their team for the next 10 years mm-hmm. what you built here is a team that is the best passing team in the league gifts wise i mean it's I'm not gonna be. it's not that crazy to say that on their own teams in about five years every guy on this team could average at least five assists not name Chet Osman Dan could average five assists. Josh Getty could average 9 or 10. Like, he's really gifted passing the basketball. Jalen Williams would be a 6 to 7 to 8 pass assists per game guy for me. And Shea could be, five years from now, 7 to 8. Like, you put all those guys together, and now we're talking team that actually plays team basketball and passing and has length and athleticism and shot creation and, you know, enough scoring. And, you know, it may be that... Um, that Thunder's GM learned from the past of having a little bit of an inefficient pairing with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And maybe wanted to move to this type of team moving forward. Now, their head coach isn't the kind of like Spurs, Warriors head coach where they're running a the whole passing, off-ball, cutting type of scheme. They need to get a guy like a Mike Brown in there, like an Ime Udoka in there, a guy that's going to run that scheme Fit this team, but as long as I get the right head coach, this is could become something special. And you know, it's not like each pick they knocked out of the the house in like a home run pick of just value per position, but each pick fit a scheme and a vision of passing and team basketball. That's really going to be something special moving forward. With it's really intriguing, and I feel like head coach. They, long as they replace that head coach with somebody who really runs that kind of system, this team could be special moving forward.
0: So, how I see this is that we need to start giving Sam Presti his flowers right away. Yeah, he's good. Like I don't like he drafted three MVPs, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's drafted exactly what his team needs moving forward. I, mm-hmm. I mean, modern modern NBA outside of Toronto and the Warriors, or is it the Clippers who has Jerry West? I think it's the Warriors. Warriors have Jerry West. I the remember. Clippers have Jerry West right the now, Clippers, but they Clippers. used to have Jerry West. Warriors used to have West in the front office. As They're advisor. the best at – these are the best GMs right now. Mm-hmm. They're doing a phenomenal job. It's just – you got to give Sam Presti his flowers. Yeah. You're thinking of uh Bob Snyder, or Bob something,
1: Bob. Uh, his name's the first name's Bob for the Warriors GM. Yeah. Got to get these guys. Got to get their flowers. Yeah, sure. the Nuggets GM does a great job too. Yeah. Even though they're, they they uh, didn't do well this year in the draft, surprisingly.
0: They got everything they needed last year and then traded it away. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, man. So, yeah, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Congratulations to people who Oklahoma City fans. You've been sitting through the terribleness for the past few years. I get it, but you got something moving forward. Mm-hmm. You really do. Um, And I'm, I'm really happy and excited to see where things move in the future because it's, it's a team that got a lot of things that fit. Um, yeah, I really like this team. All right. <clears throat> you ready to transition to the next team? Yeah. Now, in most years, this team would be the team that knocked it out of the park. I just view what Oklahoma City Thunder did as beauty in action. Uh, Houston Rockets. Dear goodness. You'll talk about the luckiest team in the draft getting Jabari Smith Jr. at three. Number one guy on my big board, the guy compared to Paul George. He's that kind of guy. Mm hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then they, you know, they knocked it out of the park with a second pick, choosing my number one small forward in the draft, Tari Eason. Six-foot-eight, three-and-D guy. At the worst-case scenario, you're getting Trevor Ariza there. Um, Best-case scenario, you're getting a 20-point-per-game score from the small forward position because he does flash a lot of shot creation for himself from multiple different spots. And and getting Ty-Ty Washington at number what was it 1929 and he's a point guard right he's a point guard from kentucky that was my number two number three point no my bad number two point guard in my draft who was the number six sorry 16th guy in my big board and that's huge value because if kcp doesn't work out of the point guard position you got a guy that could become that type of player in the future KPJ. um yeah, KPJ. I always get him wrong. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's a really good fit. And secondly, Tari East and Jabari Smith bring the defense that that team needed, right? Because Jalen Greed's not a great defender. KPJ's not a great defender. But these two guys can be all NBA defense, first team. They mm-hmm. both have those kind of gifts. They both love to play defense. Six foot ten, six foot eight, they got really long and athletic quick. This completely changes their team. Um, And because of that, also, now you get a secondary score moving Jalen Green, and you got my number one guy from my last year's draft and the number one guy from this year's draft on my big board on the same team. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary that is scary that type of thing doesn't happen when you don't have number one picks in either one of those traps yeah that that type of thing doesn't usually happen i think this is going to be a jason yeah, tatum Green type of last
0: thing year. i mean what where After he goes awesome three break, he went insane. and everybody he a few years from now. Is gonna be like, is gonna, you think he's not working right now to go we crazy <laughs> going to end up. you I, know it's, up okay,
1: it. it's okay it's <laughs> okay you know
0: prove me wrong but uh yeah
1: um that was that was the guy that should have been a number one pick this year. at Houston Rockets, this 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 could be, you know, one of the greatest one two punches <laughs> I've seen in the future. Um, you know, up there with James Harden and CP3 in about five years. It, this is this is a team that can win playoffs because now they're a complete basketball team. Because when you have two guys that can be all NBA defense you can always be like a 15th to 16th best defense in the league. And I know they drafted a guy last year as a power forward from, um, he played in overseas at the same place. Luka Doncic played and they drafted him mid first round. He's like a six, nine forward. So they got a rotational guy to do the same type of thing there. So that's, that's where things get interesting. I really think that they just made themselves a complete basketball team while also adding more offensive punch this te- this team's got something moving forward and I like their coach um Skiles he's I think he's a very good coach I think it's somebody you want to stick with and let him rebuild and give him time to you know because I feel mm-hmm. like he's done a good job from the games I've seen so Houston Rockets man this is uh, you got you got gold you got gold given to you in this draft Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My two number one guys are on the same team. It's gonna be easy to see
0: that on that's right. In about that's five true. years I'll be uh, counting you. my chips. Thank yep. you very much. <laughs> and and uh, actually <laughs> blow these episodes up so that they can become so they can, you know, go to the eyes of those important in the NBA so they can see that Jason's uh-huh. just a great is great when he comes <laughs> to this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: true. It's a yeah, it's exciting. for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: The Rockets are really... You You got two superstars in the future. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park. I can't believe it. I, I can't believe Orlando passed. <clears throat> All right, you ready to transition to the next team that knocked up There's three 100% grades, top, top, AAA pluses. And this is the mm-hmm. last team that's got an AAA plus and number three. And that's the Detroit Pistons, man. I mean, getting Jaden Ivey at five. Phew. Kings are gonna look back at Kings. Kings always are one pick away from making the right choice. They just never can. Yeah. Um. You know, drafting Keegan Murray there was the wrong choice, and it's gonna be Marvin Bagley, like where you chose Marvin Bagley before Luca. I don't really think Jaden Ivey is gonna be the next Luca, but Jaden Ivey is pretty special, and passing on him there. Just was stupid, uh, but the things the Kings do, and I feel bad for Kings fans. So, you know, Jaden and Ivy is like peanut butter and jelly with Cade Cunningham. I feel like I made this comparison with pre-lottery, where I projected him to go to the Detroit Pistons. One, the Detroit Pistons probably threw a. Pizza party, like right after the Sacramento Kings pick. Everybody's getting raises. Everybody's getting bonuses. Like we cannot believe that he fell to us, um, because he's he's peanut butter and jelly with Kade. Because everything Cade does and Kade's weaknesses, Jaden Ivy fills like mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? Because Jaden Ivy is the great athlete that can just get to the rim whenever he wants and put pressure at the rim that Cade kind of Cunningham just can't. He doesn't have the athletic gifts like that. But Jaden Ivey, Ivey's weaknesses is basketball IQ, like really understand situations. Kate Cunningham's probably the highest, the highest basketball IQ in the past two years out of all the drafts. It, him coming out of college, listening to him talk about basketball was like listening to a really high-tier basketball IQ guy. So he's going to bring that to the game for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, so, you know, that paired with... Jaden Ivey's just so electric. The perimeter shot creation for himself. That's something that Kay's not K's like an efficient point guard. You know what I mean? Just really efficient. Doesn't have the wiggle that Ivy has and the, you know, the perimeter shot creation for deep three-point range potential mm-hmm. that, well, Jaden Ivy has. And these two guys are gonna be a one-two punch that's gonna stare crap out of teams. Uh, so. And they also did a really good thing. They traded for Jalen Duran. At the 13th pick, they chose him. He's a freaky athlete. Uh, he's going to be a great lob threat with these two. These two are going to love having him on the floor, lob threat. Going to be a great interior defender. I compared him to DeAndre Jordan, worst case scenario. That's a good fit with great guards. And they did really well with that. And they also did really well with their second round draft pick. At 36, they drafted Gabriel Persida. Many people now know him. He's from Italy. Um, He was around that range. I think I had him at like 32, 33 on my big board. But what I really like about him is I compared him to Kyle Corver, but a little bit more athletic, but like, the man shoots forty two percent from the three point line in Italy at like twenty or 19, six foot seven. He's just shooting forms like Korver as well. Um, so you get a shooter that the team needs shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, six foot seven, so he's one of those guys that could be a two guard or he can be a three guard. He's gonna be a rotational piece. You know what I mean? But rotational two three guard, where you're getting a high tier shooter, is a really good fit with all these guard greatness between him and Kate, Ivy and Kate um Mm -hmm. so you know i i'm glad that they also weren't like oh we're gonna give we're gonna pass on ivy so we can give killian hayes another year's year to prove himself killian hayes hasn't showed me anything right killian hayes probably was a bust so killian hayes can go be on your bench because you know let this let the show start with jaden ivy and Kane cutting him so detroit pistons usually they suck at drafting past two years Killed it. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay at the forward position. It, it, it's a good fit. I li- really like what Detroit Pistons did.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm learning. I'm, I'm just learning. Look, I don't know. I'm learning. <laughs> All
1: right. <clears throat> All right. The number fourth team on the uh, draft um, gods, the draft winners, is a team that made it on the list last year, so you know they they are doing a good job drafting. Their GMs doing a good job. This is a team that's got a good bright future. They got a ninety five on this year's draft, and this is Charlotte Hornets, the team that traded Jalen Durant to the Pistons, and for that they got a first next year, and two, four future second round draft picks, which is ridiculous. Um, that's a yeah. lot of second. That's a lot of value for the thirteenth pick, and they were really strategic with it because. Mark Williams and Jalen Duran on the board between 13 and 15. So what they did is they said, chestnut not checkers. The 14th pick can't choose. Probably had a, like a center on his team. I forget who it was. Oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They weren't going to choose a center. they have, like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Why would the Clavs ever choose a center? Right? So they said, mm-hmm. we like Jalen Duran and Mark Williams. They're both on the board. We trade away Jalen Duran and two picks later, the guy we want, Mark Williams is still going to be there. Right? So, that was a really good chess move from the GM from the Charlotte Hornets and Mark Williams I love. He's the 11th guy on my big board, Seven foot two. The man has future post potential because of size and athletic gifts paired with his body. Um, but at the very least, you're getting a high-tier shot blocker at the rim. A guy I think is better than Jalen Duran. Um, you know, a good lob threat, a good rebounder, just a, a, a rim runner at that size, Good athletic gifts. It's going to be a great pairing with Lamelo and the guards they have. Um, and at forty, they drafted Bryce McGowns, who is around twenty-eight on my big board. And I said, "Oh, in the late twenties, late first round, this is a boomer bust shooting guard if you want to take a shot on a future All Star or a bench player." And that's Bryce McGowns, man, six foot six, athletic. You know, can really shot crate for himself, but he just doesn't do it in an efficient manner yet. But he's gonna get given time. That's a real high upside pick of the second round. To Josh Manon, a big for Memphis. He was pretty okay. You know, that's why it's not a hundred percent because I'm not in love with Josh Manon. But you know, the forty fifth in the pick in the forty dra- fifth pick in the draft is not gonna change your fr- franchise. So, um, you know. Charlotte Hornets did a really good job. They've been putting drafts together over the past few years, doing a really good job.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have to. Yeah. After they gave um, Gordon Hayward all that money. Yeah. they, they did better. a really
1: good job, man. Yeah. LaMilla Ball's going to have a really good team three years from now. They, they the, the, will probably be a, a Charlotte Hornet for life if the GM keeps on he, showing that he can be good like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see the Charlotte Hornets play, man. I'm, I'm excited for yeah. Summer League. I want to see these guys, man, mm-hmm. in action.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, and the next one, the last winner of the draft, is the New York Knicks. I mean, how can you not be the winner of a draft when you you trade your 11th pick for three future first-round
0: draft picks and a trade that moves Kemba Walker as well? I'm going like... to stop, <laughs> stop you right there today because <laughs> uh-huh. all I see, right, is – what is the New York Knicks doing? Steve, I mean, Stephen A, face palming. What the hell? They don't have nothing. To, to, you know, and so, I, look, I don't. you tell me. You say it's good. Everybody else saying it's terrible.
1: When you get three future first-round draft picks where one of them involves the Detroit Pistons pick for the 11th pick in the draft that turned into a boomer bus guy, an Osmond Dang, I'd say you did well. Right, I mean, you know, there's there's not like there was any superstar that fell to 11. So a three future first, that's a huge trade for the Knicks. That's a huge, you know, you never see something like that happen for the 11th pick. And um, the only other pick they had was at 42, Trevor Keels from Duke. He's he's gonna be okay. He's probably gonna be a bench two guard. I don't really see anything special from it, but give him a 94%. They did really
0: well. Huh. okay all right who needs to fire their gms
1: oh the same old same old and this is what this draft is man i really feel like the same old same old really screwed up um especially like two teams the minnesota temples i mean how in the world do you have the 22nd and 26th pick in the draft and not choose a wing that can guard (laughs) <laughs> with all that's like by far your glaring weaknesses and they did that they outdid themselves what they did is 22 they drafted walker kessler seven foot one center from auburn who's really tight hip and all he does is shot black at the rim and have potential shooting three-point shots he shoots 30 percent college i'm saying cut. the potential's there so you, you you drafted a player at 22 to be the backup to the best player on your team and at 26 they they did a better job they just said hey you know we just drafted our backup s- center let's choose the second best player in position wendell moore i like wendell moore i had him like 32 i liked him but he's six foot five with a seven foot wingspan what do you think is we be playing small forward uh no <laughs> that's a two guard yeah <laughs> and then then they had at 48 they had kendall brown who's a six foot seven Six foot ten wingspan, small forward from Baylor. That's a three and D guy that would have been a perfect fit, but they traded him to Indiana. They had him in his hands. Yeah. Like you had two picks there, and they should have both been wing defenders. I don't care if it's power forward, small forward, needs to be wing defenders. They need 3 and D players. But the Minnesota Timberwolves GM outdid himself with stupidness. They get a 10%. (laughs) It's not even F. It is go back. It is like if somebody said, oh, we want you to write a research paper about the color blue. And I come in there and say, I really love the color orbs. This is my research paper about color orbs. Like you get a 10% the teacher says, look at the, read the paper again. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how stupid this was. Like, how did this even happen? It's something that only the Minnesota Timberwolves could pull off. And this is a great. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. example of yeah. stupid organizations even when they get lucky and have great talent this is an example of non-winning teams doing non-winning things right this is you blow up the whole front office everybody has to move and you may like timberwolves fans i'm sorry to break it to you but petitions should be held for that owner's head because look, <laughs> you guys are not gonna you could have cat and anthony edwards but if you if you have an owner that does such a terrible job that influences and negatively influences like he does. It's hard to win, and this is just a sad. I feel bad for Minnesota Timberwolves fans. Enjoy watching Cat and Ant, and then you know they'll probably turn to Donovan Mitchell and him wanting to leave in the future because the team just doesn't know how to build. It's just some teams that doesn't know doesn't know basketball, and this is one of them.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's sad. It's sad. It's, literally, it. It would have been a challenge to do what they did, but they did it, and it, it's amazing how they escaped the 22nd, twenty second, 26th pick in the draft without some three D wings is beyond me. <sighs> <laughs> good. Uh, good old Timberwolves.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Like I would have been at least a little bit nice with like a six foot nine guy, like shoot a three point shot. There's like a gazillion of them in the draft. <sighs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to go back to another team that sadly is just past its prime when it comes to NBA drafts. Um, The coaching probably should stay, but Spurs, man, number two. How could – leave it to the Spurs to draft the best role player in the draft at number nine. I mean, dear goodness. It's, you know, Jeremy Sohan's dream on Green Lake, you know what I mean, gifted defensively. You know, special guy. He's probably gonna be in the league for ten years. Uh, probably after eight years, is gonna leave and go be a good role player in a team that actually has talent to win championships. Um, and yes, that's a shot at UGM. Uh, you know, <laughs> number twenty, they draft Malachi Branham, six foot five guy with a six ten wingspan from Ohio State, a two guard. What they have, Lottie Walker. They drafted Joshua Primo, fourteenth pick in the draft. So they have. Three two-guards now that have all been borderline lottery picks, top 20 picks of the draft. Congratulations, you suck at drafting. Um, And 25, they did themselves. Yes, they did. Six-foot-four, six-foot-nine, wingspan, Blake Wesley. What is Blake Wesley, a point guard in the NBA, who is the best player on your team? DeJounte Murray. Congratulations, you suck at drafting. Oh, God. I mean, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, that guy for the Spurs had a really good run from 1995. That front office had a really good run from 1995 to 2010. Since then, downhill. Look, it's not like they haven't drafted players that aren't good role players on teams. They just don't draft players that have star potential, that have shot creation potential, that can actually be the stars that you build these role players around. It's just the reality of the draft. They got lucky that DeJounte Murray developed it. DeJounte Murray has had, like, eight years to develop into what he is today because they had no competition for him, right? They got lucky that he developed into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team just doesn't know how to draft... um to actually have guys with star potential at nine there were plenty of guys on the board that were much better picks that you could have drafted um you know a guy like Tari Eason at nine that would have been so much better uh you, they just you know this it's a front office that just doesn't know how to build anymore doesn't know how to, you know the even though the head coaching the coaching staff is still elite it's just that the way that they view basketball and the players they choose, they just don't know how to build around real star players that have guys that have a high upside and you have to take shots. And this this franchise is just not willing to take shots. All they draft is safe. Safe draft picks with not high upside. And yeah. you know, this is the Spurs, man. They get a forty percent. Congratulations, you're below F. You suck. Um Damn. That whole front office
0: needs fired. All of them. Um, so I think we said this last year, right? Was that yes? We've came to know the Spurs as like this storied organization who's like, oh, we pick the players who you don't think are gonna be great, and then they turn out to be great. They've gotten so into that that they're like, oh, this guy is showing a little bit of potential, ten percent. I bet we can unlock a hundred percent of that. And then it doesn't yeah. work out. I think that they need to reevaluate their drafting strategy because yeah, you mm-hmm. found Manu from you know. Great! Yeah, you found Kawhi. Great. Fifteen you know years I mean? ago, ten years to twelve years ago, the NBA you know? has evolved. Now you have yeah. to catch up with the times. There are certain things yeah. that you should look for in a player, and not just yeah. he ha- he's a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they're looking for every year: a diamond in the rough. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they just they don't know how to draft. It's it's plain and simple. They're, they're the they're top five worst drafters in the league, and it's sad because Popovich has to make that. I mean, the fact that they have the ninth pick in the draft of that roster is a testament to what Greg Popovich is because, dear goodness. um, Yeah, that's great coaching. Uh, that's what that is. That's the only reason why you don't have a top three pick every year is Greg Popovich. And, you know, I think when you have a great coach like that, I guess maybe sometimes you could take him for granted. Yeah, uh, so he's been
0: able to maximize the talent every year. So they're like, yes. give him whatever he wants. He's gonna make he gonna make it a winning season. I'm like, but when he retires, yeah. what do you have left? <laughs> it's coming yeah. soon. This man's 97 you're- years old. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're not wrong. There's a the reason why he stepped down from the Olympic team. He's probably yeah. gonna, he's probably got two years max. I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Duncan's the next guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, got to be interesting. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: All right, you ready to transition? Yeah. You know, this is sad for me because usually I love this GM. It's a Denver Nuggets, a three. I mean, so, you know, it's surprising because they do a great job usually. But drafting Christian Braun, that guy's not a first-round draft pick. They draft a no, 21, 6'7 guy, three-point shooting, borderline NBA athlete. Um, doesn't do anything else. I think he was like the 50s on my big board because he's really slow. Um, So at that point in time, I think they're just trying to choose role players for their team. And, you you know, when you try to shoot for guys that you think can be role players, it's like when you have goals. Let's say our podcast goal is to make 30 minutes of content a week. So then we might do like fifteen to twenty-five. We'll probably underachieve a little bit. But if our goal is like a hundred an hour, then we'll maybe do forty-five, thirty. You know what I mean? Like, it, when it's kind of like for that for drafts, when you draft for role players, that guy probably might flame out the league. When you draft trying to find a guy that could be a starter, that guy might be a bench guy. When that when you draft for a guy that might be a superstar, that might guy just be a good starter or a star. You know what I mean? And Christian Braun is a guy that's really borderline NBA athlete, and I really don't know if he's going to be in the league for more than four years because of that. That's where I'm like, I don't think that I was, I, I was the worst first round. Then they followed it up with another terrible pick with Peyton Watson, who's not an NBA guard. And secondly, they have the Sean Bones Highlands, the Morris guy, Will Barton, Jamal Murley. Why mm. are you drafting guards at the 30th pick in the draft? should be drafting forwards power forwards and that was a terrible draft voice he might not even make beyond the team three years from now and you know the best pick they had was ismo Kamagate. 46 pick in the draft seven footer he was 30 something on my big board by far the best thing they did mm-hmm. in the draft i mean he might be the best player on the out of this draft class in the next four years um Seven foot from France athletic could be Nikola Jovic, his backup for a few years and um you know this is this is a wasted draft. This is, you know, a blimp in the radar for a great GM where he just they did a terrible job. They get a fifty.
0: Yeah. I mean they had it last year. Oh, bull, bull. <laughs> Let's not use this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's that's going come back and yeah. bite them. I'm a firm believer in that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> All right, but, you ready to transition? Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was about to say for Denver Nuggets fan, I'm just gonna do it for us. We are gonna hang our head in shame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you got a great team next year, so you know this this team's ready to win um, right now. So you know that's that's something you're gonna be happy about. Probably a top four team in the West.
0: Next Jamal year. Murray coming back. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yep they really good. They have a lot of good guards there, man. All right, you ready to transition? Yeah. All right, number four, I got to take a shot at the hometown team
0: Oh, Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Ooh. All right, at the 14th pick, you were in the lottery. And, you know, the Cavs, you may be a winning team right now, but you are so young that drafting a guy who's just only going to be. Doesn't get any better. Doesn't have any higher potential than what he is. Isn't going to overly improve. Is not the right fit. And Ocho Abaja is a twenty-three-year-old guy that has nothing other than being a three-and-D guy at six foot six. Yeah. So I mean, even roster-wise, like, what is he going to play other than two guard? Like, I, you guys have a big lineup at small forward position. You have Isaac Akoro. I don't think he's going to be the backup small forward over him. So you literally only drafted a three and D backup two guard with no high upside. Because if somebody's going to be on the bench, I'd rather have a guy with some high upside coming off the bench that in a few years can develop into something, rather than just having a guy off the bench that is just going to be on the bench for the rest of his career because he's never going to be better than Karras Albert. Like it's not even ever going to be close. He doesn't have near the upside, so he just wasn't the right kind of player there because. He's a senior out of Kansas. He All he does is come off ball screens and attack closeouts and shoot the three-point shot at six-foot-six and guard. That's Whisley Matthews. You know, he was like the 26th, 25th, 24th guy in my big boy, so it was a reach for that, too. There was just so many guys there that had real high upside. Again, you had the lottery pick. That's where you, you know, you, you choose somebody with some upside that can grow with the team if he's going to be a bench player anyway. You know what I mean? So, I just... And getting a bench shooting guard costs about 3 to $4 million in the NBA. I mean, Wesley Matthews probably costs $4 million. Like, you, you, it just wasn't worth it. And, you know, at the 39th pick, it wasn't that terrible. I think the 45th guy on my big board, Khalif Diop, is the center who's a developmental raw center at the 39th pick. 49th pick, Isaiah Mobley. I think they just drafted him because he's Evan Mobley's brother. I don't think he's gonna ever be an NBA player. Um, you know, I I I didn't understand that one. And Luke Travers from Perth. That's a country, Perth. Um, I think I don't know. This guy wasn't in my big board. He wasn't on anything. So you know, they get a fifty-five. That was really bad. And you know, it's it's sad. I am a Cavs fan. Uh, it's just wasn't the right choice at fourteen. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> the fifth team on this this list is—it's surprising. Um, you know, it was either them or the Sacramento Kings for Keegan Murray at four, but you know they didn't really have any other picks. And this one I just felt was egregious. Twenty fourth pick was the Bucks. The Bucks are the fifth worst draft on my um, draft. Um, Maron Buchamp. So Maron Buchamp is a six foot six G League guy, nineteen years old, um, who can defend and is really athletic, but he shoots 25% from the three-point line, 65% from the free-throw line. That doesn't really sound like a two-guard that fits with Giannis. Because in the future, I his shot looks really broken, and he has no skill. It's not like he's a mid-range guy. like He literally has no skill. It's very rare that somebody goes from no-skill to skilled, five to 10 years from now in the NBA. Um, he's kind of like Keon Johnson from last year's draft where the intrigue was 48 inch vertical, six foot five, but had no skill. Um, God, there were so many three point shooters in this draft, like an Ochai Abaje. I know he got drafted at 14, but there's like a gazillion of those guys, like a Gabriel Procida that went at 36 for the Detroit Pistons. Like, there's like five to 10 guys that can be three point shooters at the very least, day one for you for the Bucks. And even a guy like Jaden Hardy. Who went in like the early second round? Who's a six foot four shot creator for himself? Has high upside. That's what they needed. They need somebody who's able to become a shot creator on the bench because they need a fourth guy that can shot great for himself on that team. And uh, Marion Bouchamp's five years away from being that. Maybe. I mean, he might flame out the league. It's it's a bust pick. Fifty eighth pick Hugo Besson. He was like a fiftieth on my big board. He might stick on the bench um, as a point guard. He he does have some skill. He probably can shoot off the bench. He might get some minutes. I don't really know. It's gonna be borderline because this team's trying to win an, a championship. So that I just don't. Marion Butchamp is just one, not a first round draft pick. Two doesn't really fit what your team needs, even if you he develops because him developing is probably a thirty percent. Three standstill three point shooter and seventy percent, seventy five percent from the free throw line and a guy that can be a standstill three point shooter and tack closeouts and be athletic. It's just, it's just not anything that you would draft. And I just disagree with this so much. He's kind of like as Gerald Green. You remember Gerald Green, really athletic but had no skill and just. Bounced around off benches for a while. He's kind of like that, where it's just like egregiously no skill. So mm-hmm. I don't agree with that pick. It's he's really he might be the least skilled two guard in the draft.
0: They're like, oh, but he can jump high.
1: Yeah, Dang. that's it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you have a guy that could be in the slam dunk contest that nobody will ever remember. Yeah.
0: Fair.
1: <laughs> the right. shade. You ready to? <laughs> it's what we do here. <laughs> yeah. We should shade change this to the shade throwing podcast. Um, yeah, with the shade throwing you... basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I'd give them a, a fifty-eight for this. Um, fifty-eight as a grade, just below D. Mm. All right. Let's move on before any jokes come from that. Um, yeah. The three players that got drafted to the best positions. Uh, number one is Nikola Jovic. I mean, he was the fifth guy on my big board. He went 27th on the Miami Heat. He went to a great organization that's great at player development. His skill set is really going to be, you know, whatever the maximum of him as a player is, as will be developed in Miami. They do a great job of that. Uh, passing that he has in his game is going to be valued there. They're going to be able to use him, and I really love that fit. Um, anything you want to say about that?
0: I like that fit, too. I like yeah. the Miami Heat going forward. I think they're like, we got to get better. We lost to the Celtics. Uh, <laughs> the East is ours. We got to figure out yeah. how to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really like that pick. The second guy is a surprising one, A.J. Griffin. So he was outside of my lottery on my big board. But this is a perfect fit because, one, all you have to do is beat out Kevin Herter and you can kind of be the two-guard moving forward in the future. And his potential was, man, there's like a 5% chance that he becomes Klay Thompson. Not every team is going to be able to use this guy in the right way, but they come from the Warriors, right? The GM is from the Warriors, so they'll be able to use him off-ball, coming off-ball screens and stuff like that. Um, he's going to be a system fit from that sense, and he's going to have the Atlanta Hawks are so offensively predicated that he's going to get enough shot. To develop his game, he's gonna know space to develop his game, he's gonna get enough time to develop his game because they they want all the guys that could shoot on the floor. So, you know, he's you know, it's he, as long as he could be able to beat up Kevin Herder, he's gonna be able to have the time and the fit to really maximize whatever his best version of himself is. And not every team, like, he would, would get drafted to the Knicks having to fight RJ Barrett for minutes, trying to fart fight Cam Reddish for a minute. It's sort of been a really tough fit. There's some teams in the lottery that would have been like, this guy may never reach his potential, but this is a fit where he's going to, whatever the best version of AJ Griffin is, is what going to be. Um, Anything you want to say about that? No. Okay. And the next one is Osman Dang from Oklahoma City Thunder. He's very raw. Very, very raw. We're not going to be able to grade this pick accurately until four years from now, but the Oklahoma City Thunder aren't going to win until four years from now. So not every team that would have been in the lottery would have been able to give him the time that he needs to develop. And this is a perfect fit for him. And you trade three three first round draft picks for somebody, you're going to give him chances to develop. So you don't know. It's 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 one of those things where you, congratulations, Anzma Day, you got in a perfect place. <clears throat> All yeah. right. Anything you want to say about that?
0: I thought he was going to the gas. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I thought so too. But, you know, OKC really has a good vision there. I'm excited to see that moving forward, really. Genuinely. Yeah. All right. You ready to transition? Yeah. The last segment is the three players in the worst position. Um, the first one is Benedict Mathurin, sixth pick in the draft. He went to Indiana. That's going to be a tough fit unless. You know Tyrese Halliburton becomes the point guard of the future because well, even if it is because they got Tyrese Halliburton, they got Malcolm Brogdon, they got Buddy Heel, they got Chris Duarte. That's a lot because he's six foot six, and everybody I named is either six foot six or below. That are all two guards slash small forwards for that team, and it's just going to be hard for him to get the minutes and the development that he would usually have as a six pick of the draft. So that's where. The Pacers, I don't think they really did a good job with this draft pick. Um, so you know, I, 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 I feel bad for Benedict Matherin because he was a number one two guard in my big board. Just you know, it, it's a lot of guards. It's not. He's probably not going to have more than twenty minutes per game in most teams. If he would have went to Portland, he probably would have had twenty five thirty. Like it's just, yeah. it's going to be hard to develop there. So you know, I feel bad for him. All right, the next two are oh, rapid fire. Oh, go
0: ahead. I just, I just want to say something real quick about Benedict Mather. Mm. Um He also mm. put a large target on the Indiana Pacers' back by his comments mm. about LeBron James. Oh my um, god! So uh, I just <laughs> when you get post the him,
1: ball, <laughs> post him. <laughs> yeah, the they're, get <laughs> they're <laughs> gonna get a fifty <laughs>
0: ball. They're gonna get a fifty ball. Like uh, okay, yeah. oh, No
1: barbecue chicken <laughs> alert.
0: Right. A, okay. He's going to get
1: switched one time in LeBron James. And LeBron's going to be like, Welcome he's to either going to dunk man. on him or is going to be bodied in the post. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the NBA, young man. You just don't, It's like calling out Michael Jordan, like 1998. Like, what are you thinking, my guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, right.
0: Iverson crossed Michael Jordan, so. Yeah, I guess
1: so. <laughs> but he's not Allen Iverson to your god no <laughs> yeah he would have been the number one pick in the
0: draft. yeah um all right you ready to go to the next two guys yeah but I do like his mentality but yeah 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 he's yeah way no, he's better than me you gotta have that kind of thought process that's you true know? that's true yeah
1: yeah all right the next two guys in this draft are uh we're going to go over them both because they're from the same team, and we've already kind of talked about them. It's Blake Wesley and Malachi Bradham. I mean, when you, for Blake Wesley, he's a guy that really needs development and time to develop his efficiency because he really has all star guard potential is just I think he should have went back to college. I think if another year he could have been a lottery pick. Um, But it's sad that he has to play behind DeJounte Murray. Um, That's just not going to be good for him development-wise. And Malachi Branham for the same situation. I mean, they have three guys. They drafted the top 20 at the same spot. It's going to be hard for him to develop there. So, you know, those are the next two guys. Um, And I want to say one quick thing before we wrap it up. A lot of people talk about generational prospects and – Special prospects, and you know that that term gets thrown out a lot. Next year's the real generational prospect. Victor Wanabana is going to be the number one pick in next year's draft, and he's a generational prospect. He's everything that everybody wants Chet room to be, but he's seven foot three. He's basically a seven foot three Brandon Ingram, like he moves like Brandon Ingram, seven foot three, and he actually has shot creation and like moves from the perimeter. Um, that's that's the guy that's going to be a generational prospect. So you know, everybody Google him, you're going to be like, dear God, that is, yeah. Whoever it's so. uh, there's going to be teams tanking for him. You know, yeah. teams. When great prospects come around like this, teams tank religiously. You know Grant Hill coming out. It was the race for Grant Hill. And Isaiah Thomas wasn't playing on the Pistons that much. They're resting him because they're trying to w- get the Grant Hills sweepstakes. Like it's going to yeah. be the Victor Wanabanya sweepstakes because that guy is ridiculous. That guy can be the greatest player in the NBA in ten years. Legitimately, he has that kind of great. upside. It's ridiculous. Seven foot yeah. three, KD like. Like legitimately, Katie. like it's – Chet's not Katie. Like everything everybody wanted Chet Holmgren to be is what he is. And he does a it 7-3. It's, it's ridiculous. All it takes is about three seconds of watching him on YouTube and you'll be
0: like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to drop that link to me so I can look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, oh my god! Like everybody else, <laughs> yeah. the draft starts at number two. I don't care if does Philadelphia seventy six the draft, yeah. get the first pick of the draft; they're drafting him. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, cat the the Minnesota Timberwolves get the first pick of the draft; they're drafting him. It doesn't. It's one of those. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, fun. All right. Well, uh, you know, it was fun doing the draft. It's going to be fun to watch these guys grow. I can't see the, where, uh, everybody proves me wrong or proves me right or stuff like that. You know, I'm, you know, I don't wish anything bad on anybody. Um, if yeah. I dis- disagreed with some people and don't like do coming out of the draft prove me wrong, please. You know, I'm excited. You know, I don't want to ever, you know, I'm, I'm not petty to the point in time of wishing bad things on the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um. You know, it's going to be fun to do it next year, and uh, we'll be moving on to free agency and stuff like that, and talking about offseason stuff. It's going to be fun.
0: Alrighty. So, this is the end. My name is Chris Muhammad. I'm Jason Collins. And we are the basketball heading space. Out.